Go better. You say something, Cass? I, yeah, do you hear me good now? Yeah, yeah. So I was just uh, being an Einstein. Uh, I literally just had my uh, live stream window open. Well, then you're going to get an echo. I wish we could do the same trick with money. Like, just do it once and infinite, an infinite money glitch. Okay, so topic of today, coffee and caffeine. And uh, just for the viewers, we'll discuss a little bit the, the impact of these things on your body, a little bit performance, a little bit health. Uh, we try to discuss uh, it from a uh, scientific point of view, but it's mostly just a, a casual conversation, uh, what, we, uh, what we know uh, about it by heart. Um, so we'll see what comes up and maybe it's five minutes and maybe it's five hours. We'll, uh, we'll see. So Gus, let's start uh, with a very simple question. Do you even drink coffee? Not that much, to be honest. Um, it's actually funny that you asked this now because I recently started drinking it a little bit more uh, when I'm at work because it's now also this new coffee machine that you probably uh, have seen. So that, that looks at least quite fancy. So now we can get all these espressos and stuff. So um, yeah, because of that, I'm like, okay, let's let's give it a try. And it's actually since recently I, I drink it a little bit more. And I think in the Corona times, I had my, my periods where I sometimes took a cup of coffee uh, simply because of the fact that it should do something, apparently. Uh, even though I, I cannot necessarily say that I really have, um, that, I, that I experience massive effects. Uh, but I kind of believe that it well, probably does something with me. And I mean, it could be a placebo effect or whatever. You never really know unless you properly test it, of course. But yeah, I, I, I recently started drinking a little bit. But I'm, I'm generally not from like the last few years a, a, a massive coffee drinker or something like that. No. How about you? Yeah, I, uh, I drink coffee, but I'm, I'm also definitely not a massive drinker. Um, so my parents are very disciplined like they, they have their routines and they just do their routines and their routine is they have a cup of coffee in the morning and my uh, my dad always goes down first makes a cup of coffee and then brings it to my mom which is kind of cute routine uh, and then after dinner they have one cup of coffee and uh, just at some point I just wanted to join their ritual. So I asked, can I drink coffee? And I didn't even like it, but I just kind of drank it as a kid with way too much sugar <laughs> just to learn to drink it. But that's how I kind of just learned to drink it. So for me early on, it was definitely like a social drink, like the grown-ups drink it. So I guess I do it. Then uh, as I got older, I became like a nutrition nerd, obviously. Um, so, the reason why I drink it now is, like you say, that it's uh, supposed to have effect. So let's uh, let's get into that a little bit. Yeah, Maybe yeah, before that, Jorn, that's actually funny because I had the same, well, kind of the same thing. When I was before I was uh, doing my, my my studies in uh, in health sciences and, and nutrition, etc. I always actually kind of thought just by just thinking that co caffeine wasn't necessarily a good thing. I thought it was, I'm not saying that it was something bad, but I thought, okay, probably also, I probably read some stuff on, on Google or something, I can't remember, but I never really had the idea that caffeine was that beneficial or could be that beneficial. So maybe that's also why I never really touched 
on it uh, unless I saw that it actually could be beneficial and have some some positive effects for uh, for cognition and from from a exercise performance uh, point of view. Yeah, but, sure. um, yeah. So in the past, I again never really uh, drank a lot of coffee, to be honest. So I, I, that would make us a little bit of the exception because uh, about 90% of people in, uh, in the Western world uh, drink coffee, um, but obviously we are exceptional. Um, but so, yeah, we already hinted a little bit about the effects of coffee. So I'll uh, introduce those with uh, another anecdote. At one time when I was still a student in Wageningen, I was uh, learning for an exam, which would be the next uh, morning. And I remember that I said to, uh, to one of my roommates who was also studying, uh, I just ordered caffeine for, uh, for a free workout supplement in the gym. Why don't we just take a scoop of that and just study all night? So. We both took a, a caffeine capsule and uh, about an hour after that, I just knocked on my friend's door and I said, yeah, I'm tired. I'm going to go to bed. And I actually just went to bed. So that was the first time I ever ordered uh, or ever used caffeine as a, as a real supplement. So not like the nutritional variant coffee or it's in, in many foods. Uh, but I like I didn't really notice anything. I was just like, I'm tired, bye. And I just slept like uh, like a baby. Uh, so my first exposure was like, ah, probably doesn't do anything. Well, whatever the, the studies say, it, it does. So I'll, uh, I'll quickly uh, cover what I do coffee-wise. And I'm, I'm a bit of a weirdo, I'll, uh, I'll fully admit it. So I drink one cup of coffee in the morning, and that's basically it. Uh, for social purposes, I sometimes drink more, but when I'm just on my standard, you know, every day standard. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. just part of my morning routine basically. And, but then how I drink it is a bit weird because, uh, I make it in a French press. Are you familiar with those? No. So it's basically a, a glass thing where you just put coffee powder in and then you put hot water in and then you press something on it so that the coffee stays down and you just got the fluid. Uh, and the reason I do that, and again, this is not necessarily something I recommend to everyone, but it is uh, to avoid microestrogens. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with, with those. So basically the idea is that in our environment, there's a lot of uh, chemicals that can act kind of like estrogen and one of the main sources is from plastic. And then especially um, when plastic gets heated, uh, such as boiling water, just a little bit of the components of plastic uh, leak in the boiling water. Um, so something like that would happen in a coffee machine. Uh, do I think this is a major, major concern everyone needs to be stressed about? Not really, but since I'm drinking that one cup of coffee standard in the day, I'm like, why not? Right? Like it's kind of just, it's one of the things like you're a nutrition nerd. Why not bring it into practice? Uh, do I think people are, are, you know, 
doing something risky if they drink normal coffee absolutely not if someone says hey let's get in a coffee from uh, this machine i'm like sure um but that's just what i do but is, is that like a, a real thing like has it been shown that it actually uh, happens if you that it that it can come into your cup of coffee that you drink well i i'm not sure or if it's it, more like it could be and that's why i i just want to be want to be safe yeah i'm not entirely sure if they necessarily did well I'm, i've never seen a study where or, or looked for it that they did a study on ooh this much estrogen leaks into your uh, cup of coffee um, but there are plenty of studies that if you use bottles just these water bottles that everyone uses if you just with hot water clean them over and over again that slowly the plastic is degrading and is leaking in the water um, so if you repeatedly heat plastic that you're drinking from you are going to get some exposure now to be fair the last time i looked at this was like probably like 10 years ago when i was a student and how well i read papers back then who knows it's just a habit that i developed over time mm. um, but again if you if you would say tomorrow hey let's have uh, the coffee uh, break at work i'm like sure like i'm not stressed about it at all just i don't know i kind of just started doing it at some point and it doesn't really cost me effort but i do even more weird stuff because in the morning uh, i just want to do my morning stuff quickly and the last thing i want to do is like make coffee and spend time on that so the evening before i make coffee in my uh in my uh, french press and then just store it in a bottle uh, an iron bottle obviously not a plastic bottle uh, and then the next morning, I just drink it cold. Uh, literally just for time efficiency. So basically all the coffee that I drink is just black gold coffee. So yeah, my routine is not very, uh, not very standard, I would say. We have these iced coffees, right? Maybe that's even cool, colder, but uh, people like these ice kind of coffees. That's a little bit what you do then as well. Yeah, so there's like the two kinds of ice coffee um one is like especially if you buy some kind of iced coffee in the supermarket it's more like a milkshake it has like milk in it mm. and usually yeah. a lot of sugar um, but you do have all kinds of special special ways to make uh iced coffee uh, i never really understood the purpose because just make your coffee earlier and put it in the fridge and you have it the next day uh but I'm sure there, there, there's like, if you do it differently, that maybe the taste is slightly different, all that stuff. Uh, also, maybe one more quick story. When I was relatively young, I went to uh, a trip to the USA, including Las Vegas. And uh, I ordered uh, an iced coffee there. And I actually wanted like the milkshake, like iced coffee. Because back then I wasn't a nutrition nerd. <laughs> and I literally, <laughs> I got like a hot black coffee and then they just threw ice cubes in there and then they gave it to me. And I was too little and I also, I had to go. So everything went too fast to really think about it and say like, yeah, this wasn't really what I, what I meant. But I was just walking away with this thing. I'm like, wait, the end result of this will be highly diluted coffee. That's one, because you're just throwing those ice cubes in it. Two, it will be like 
not hot, but also not cold because it was boiling hot coffee originally. It's like, I was like, is this American? Am I just uncultured? I was so confused. Uh, but apparently that's also uh, an iced coffee yeah. variant, just hot boiling coffee and throw some ice cubes in it. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit different, but now you say this about the ice cubes. What I sometimes do, especially if it's warm outside and if I go to the gym, uh, I would take a protein shake and then I would add some uh, some ice cubes in it. And actually that's that's pretty pretty nice. If it's chocolate flavors, it's not really the same as coffee. That's actually pretty good. That's like a very cold protein shake. Which yeah, but that, that makes sense to me. Like you're cooling something down, but why would you cool a hot like a boiling hot beverage down. It's either you want it hot or you want it cold, but not like some lukewarm drink. <laughs> but anyway, let's uh, let's discuss a little bit more uh, the stuff that uh, that caffeine or, or coffee is supposed to do. So one thing uh, that you often hear is like coffee or caffeine is like the most used drug in the world uh, because Technically, it's a drug. So do you see coffee or caffeine as something unhealthy almost? Because that's like the association that people have with, with drugs. Or do you think oh, it's actually pretty healthy? I think, I mean, with a drug, it kind of makes sense. I think it was in 2004 that they took it off from the list of the, the WADA. Mm -hmm. um, so it was a prohibited substance, uh, especially for athletes. Uh, to use because it has seemed to have these ergogenic effects and, and exactly was considered as a little bit of a drug probably still is um, so in that regard I think now yeah now it is legal to use um, I think they still they still track it or they still gonna try to monitor the effects and also see what's going on in the future as, as uh, if, if I'm not not, uh, not mistaken um, but yeah, do I see it as a drip? Well, technically, I think yes, it, it is. But um, is it unhealthy? I don't think so, um, especially because it is legal. A lot of studies have been done. Um, based on these studies, as far as I remember, yes, there can be some side effects. Um, I don't think they are major side effects. Of course, keeping in, in mind that you are within like a certain range of the, the dosage that you take. And I think that's something between three to six uh, milligrams per kilogram body mass. Um, so what would that be? Around 200 milligrams to maybe 500 milligrams or something, depending on body mass and depending on the dosage that you take. Um, so I think if you're in that range, then you could definitely see some ergogenic benefits for athletic performance, which I think will also range from like a variety of different sports. So from endurance, even to strength, even to some kind of intermittent sports. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and talking then about can it be unhealthy or side effects? I mean, I think people should be aware of the fact that it could interfere with sleep. And that also goes a bit into the, the, the main apparent mechanism that it should have on the central nervous system. That it seems to be an antagonist of the uh, adenosine receptor. So it basically can, can um, attach to that, that receptor and thereby uh, making you more um, vigilant, um, more, uh, having more focus, uh, more attention, etc. Uh, so yes, it, it interferes with getting a little, well, with, with sleepiness, I would say. So if you would ingest it late in the evening, especially if you're definitely not used to it, and maybe in every situation, actually, 
uh, yeah, it could interfere with sleep. And sleep, of course, is also very important for overall health, for cognition, for athletic performance, uh, all these aspects. So, yeah, I think it is something that is not necessarily should be considered as unhealthy, but people should know how much to take and when to take. That's, that's, that's my point of view on it uh, now. Yeah, so you, uh, you covered a lot. Uh, so it's been a while since I looked at this, but at least back in the day, it seemed that based on observational data, seemed that a little bit of coffee drinking is actually healthy but if you drink too much it becomes uh, quite unhealthy quite quickly um, so then they call it a a, a, a u-shape relationship where uh, like kind of with everything right with, with, with very well not necessarily with everything like with smoking it's just straight up bad of no, course true, but, yeah. true. but like yeah. uh, water drinking yeah. everything basically that could be beneficial or actually yeah. is, is necessary yeah but with, uh, with with coffee it's like very small amounts are pretty good while with most yeah no no i kind of agree with you i guess but so back then it was like one to two cups well, one cup was just better than no drinking. Two cups, uh, like ideal. Three cups, kind of like neutral. Uh, four cups and higher, uh, slightly increased risk for all-cause mortality, which is just uh, a way of saying, on average, uh, you would die a little bit younger if you drink four cups or more of uh, coffee. Now, of course, that's observational data. Uh, it's very difficult to draw like super strong uh, conclusions from that because maybe coffee drink or smoke more or maybe like there's a million and one factors you can and they do cor try to correct for all those factors but it's just not a perfect human trial uh, because you can never do that like if I would say Gus do you want to participate in my study I want to know if coffee is healthy uh, you either get randomized to a group that drinks zero, one, two, three, four, five, or six cups of coffee, and you have to do that for the rest of your life because I have to know if you get a cancer in the next four years. You're like, no, thank you. Like, no one, no one, no one wants that. It's just not practical. So, the observational data it's far from definitive, but based on it, it seems that a little bit is healthy. And then you might wonder, what about? coffee or caffeine is healthy and uh, I once read a study that coffee is actually the number one source of antioxidants in the American diet so I thought that was a fun uh, a fun fact because yeah we, we we usually think as caffeine as something super processed but it's kind of like a plant extract when you think about it so uh, and with tea and especially green tea, most people have that association like, oh, yeah, it has all these antioxidants. But uh, black coffee actually has a lot of antioxidants, especially since a lot of people drink quite a bit of it uh, for many people is their number one source. So that's interesting. Uh, but then you get the whole discussion. Are antioxidants always good? Uh, probably not. And getting too much is probably not good. So that, that all seems to be nice yeah. in line. So on, on average, if someone says, should I drink coffee for my health? I would say, well, try to drink one or two cups. More is probably not a good idea. Uh, if you really hate it, it's not like it's gonna give you uh, six years uh, 
of extra life or going to prevent uh, a certain disease. But and I think for a lot of people, it's not ne- it means it's not necessary, right? It's not like an essential component of your diet per se. Yeah. So if you don't like it, it's not that you should drink right. it necessarily. But if you do like it, then yeah, for sure, just go ahead. So maybe one more, th- if anything, Jorn. I mean, I I saw I have spoken to people that that um, that are caffeine or very sensitive to it. They have these issues, and then actually that reminds me. Do Do you remember when we were invited for that uh, Berlin Marathon in 2015? For For what? We went to that uh, sports nutrition conference in 2015 in Berlin. Yes, yes. And then we uh, we were uh, invited with the power bar stand where where we could like give like all these uh, these energy uh, things to all the all the alley, like the gels. Mm-hmm. And then I remember well, so we were just just giving these gels and they were just grabbing all of them like like the first the elite athletes they came they didn't even they didn't even bat an eye on us they were just straight focused and went ahead. And then all like the big group of like the more recreational guys came and they all were like grabbing and they, they got like issues because they were almost falling over each other by getting all these gels. And then I remember, I think it was one guy that was like really um, saying like, yeah, no, with caffeine, not with caffeine, not with caffeine. And I was like, just looking at that, the packs, and I'm like, oh yeah, there is indeed some, some caffeine in there. Then I look at some other part, this is without caffeine, but the guy was already like, was already gone but it was funny that some people are really screaming like yeah don't no caffeine because i think he was probably sensitive to it and he couldn't really handle it very well um but yeah i was just thinking about it some people apparently are sensitive and they don't really seem to respond that that well on, on caffeine yeah yeah there's uh, there's quite a bit of research on it like i'm i'm not i haven't never really looked that in depth into it but i know that sensitivity is like huge like if we both drink a cup of coffee um the effect that i get might be like five times as much as what you have so then you're like oh you only drink one cup of coffee uh well yeah like you just don't know how how sensitive you are relative to someone else uh and then but one of the factors that also plays a role there is uh, just very briefly you have like one gene that metabolizes caffeine and you can kind of distinguish people in fast and slow metabolizers and uh, this is far from well established but there are, there are some indications that uh, on average caffeine just boosts performance in a lot of sports um, but that Either the fast metabolizers, uh, metabolizers, they uh, they get quite a big performance-enhancing effect, and the slow get a small decrement, even, or it's the other way around. But it's not I like think, oh, I think, I think you're right. Yeah. That way. yeah. So. But it's it's not like oh, everyone goes four uh, percent faster. It's more like well, this group goes, I don't know, seven percent faster, and the other group actually goes minus two percent. So that's uh, that's pretty interesting because, like, I always kind of dislike it when everyone uh, discusses oh personalized nutrition, personalized nutrition. You really have to tailor it for the individual. It's it's true, of course, it's true. But people act like everyone is completely different, and you know that that what one person needs, the other person needs seven times as much. Or and that's just not true for almost everything. Most people are pretty close together, but caffeine really seems to be one of those substances. As we discussed, sensitivity is very big range. And then also depending on your genes, um, you might even get a positive or negative uh, 
response. And that response is not just for the ergogenic effect, so whether or not your uh, athletic performance goes up, but there's also indication that some people, if they if they take coffee, they can't sleep for the next 12 hours, and the other people are maybe like me and like fall asleep an hour later, uh, even when you take your first supplement, they should be very sensitive uh, to it. Yeah, yeah, no. and uh, what I think in what you say is interesting because also specifically if you look at scientific studies, um, in this case specifically, it would be relevant to look at the individual data points because if you now with average, as you say, some will maybe have a benefit and some may have a detrimental effect by using caffeine, then maybe the average is zero. Whereas actually like half of them maybe have like a positive effect and half of them have a negative effect. So then if you would then just simply put everything and like uh, together and say, okay, there is no effect at all, that would not be done in this case, the, the, the message that actually should be out there. Yeah. No, no, I uh, completely agree. Like, for example, we do a lot of uh, research into protein and carbohydrates and there's just no one who is going to have worse muscle growth because you give them carbohydrates and unless you give them so much that they get sick if you just give a reasonable dose of carbohydrates there's no one who's going to cycle slower because of that but with caffeine it's a little bit more uh, complex so that's really a topic where uh, in individualized nutrition matters uh, on, the, on the same topic and this is more just research uh, geek stuff very often studies show like these uh, data from individual subjects it's like oh this subject went down by this much and then like for every subject like one bar do, do you know the type of graphs i mean uh and then they suggest like uh 13 was like a non-responder or even a negative responder i still kind of dislike it like i i see what they're trying to do but you just can't say someone is a non-responder unless you do like at least two trials on them right like probably even more yeah, yeah if yeah. like if i don't take anything like one time i'm gonna have a better or worse performance than the other time so I, again in general i think people try to individualize too much based on almost no data um, but sometimes it is actually important and it's tricky too i mean if someone had like just for whatever reason some private stuff going on or maybe had a bad night of sleep and then does the trial and then performs kind of worse or performs bad and then saying that's a non-responder i mean you never know maybe because of, of the barely any any that he barely slept uh, anything uh, last night could already be like the influencing factor rather than anything else even though that's not something you may be tracking it in that study there's so many variables you have to take into account before saying after one single trial someone does or does not respond so we kind of discussed that one or two cups of coffee just for general health seems to be uh, a good idea um, we've discussed that caffeine can be beneficial also detrimental for individuals uh, can we specify that more is sh should everyone at least try caffeine or should only certain type of athletes try it uh, or can most type of athletes benefit from it if I would be a coach, then um, I think I would, I would given all the evidence uh, that, that's out there, I would try it and see if the athlete just, just tolerates it well, um, if he or she um, is performing well with caffeine. 
of course not not during an act an important match or something i would do it during a regular training session that you know like all the variables are like similar as as for example another training session we're just gonna see what what happens if we add caffeine in like a certain amount and maybe a certain timing and see how he or she responds um i think if i would be the coach then i would i would try it out but if the athlete for example at the start would already say well i i i drank coffee once and i really hate it or i don't like it or um, my body doesn't respond well then i would not necessarily see a problem with it um, but i would like to give i think i would like to give it a try just to see what happens so for all types of sports you think uh, it can have a benefit yeah, I think I think it is like the endurance type of sports. As far as I remember, well, they sh- seem to show most benefits. Uh, but also, I have read some studies, and I don't. I think there is some more contrasting evidence there, or some some equivocal data. But uh, I think even for other sports, there are some studies showing at least some benefits. So, um, and that's of course as we also we've we've discussed this before with science. It's it's very difficult to. You never get like uh, an answer to everything. You also have like small pieces that you, of, of answers that you can gather to get like the whole picture together at, at, at some point, or at least you get far to do to that. Um, so yeah, I, th- I, I would try it. I would try it out. And also as we, as we discussed now before, there are, are some individual differences. So maybe someone responds really well to it and then it could be like a, be- a very beneficial aid uh, to use during your uh, during your exercise uh, routine and during your matches etc competitions all these things yeah so maybe people are now uh, wondering like okay potentially it can be beneficial for athletes but how how does that work so you mentioned earlier uh, I think in relationship with sleep that you have this substance adenosina that kind of builds up over the day as you get more and more tired and uh, that just causes you to fall asleep uh, and then caffeine kind of blocks that substance from doing its job and just as it prevents that substance from making you sleepy at night it also kind of blocks the feeling of fatigue during exercise so that is generally considered the main reason how, how caffeine improves performance. It just blocks the feeling of fatigue. Um, there are also some other mechanisms that are suggested. Um, basically, the first thing that they thought was that it helps increase uh, fat oxidation. So basically burning fat as a, as a fuel. Uh, and even though that seems to be the case that it can increase uh, fat oxidation a little bit uh, that doesn't really explain the performance enhancing uh, effects because even under conditions where fat oxidation shouldn't matter at all you still see performance enhancing effects and to get in even more nerd details it, it, it also seems that it just makes it easier for the muscle to contract uh, just the way how, how calcium is released I to be honest I don't know the exact details by hat but even in very short sports like very fast contractions uh, where you would think like it doesn't matter if fatigue gets suppressed because it's so short fatigue in your head is not going to influence even there caffeine uh, does seem to be beneficial Um, maybe regarding that fat oxidation uh, another thing that you often hear is that caffeine uh, is a great fat burner 
like for people, not for athletes, but just for people who are trying to lose weight or trying to um, lose fat. Uh, what do you think about that? Do you think that's something that could could help or uh, complete nonsense? Yeah, if it helps, it's very, very minor. Again, if it helps. I think there have been some studies, and this is from years back when I, uh, I think then I read a review article about this and I was interested in like looking into uh, to some, some aids that could help you indeed and either feeling more uh, full full or indeed speed up the process of, of, of uh, well, fat loss, essentially. Um, keeping there in mind, of course, that increasing uh, fat oxidation is not necessarily the same as losing fat. But anyways, um, there were, I think there are some studies that, that show that it could kind of very minorly uh, increase RMR, so resting metabolic rate or basal metabolic rate. But I don't, I think also later some studies did not really see any, any effect there. So I'm really doubting if it has any positive effect on, on really losing fat, even though there may be some very small minor benefits there. Uh, but obviously, like the main thing is to 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 look at your cal uh, caloric intake during the day and also see how much you expend during the day and get that balance right. So so if you want to lose fat, make sure that you don't uh, eat more than you actually expend on a daily basis. And then yeah, adding caffeine, I think those effects, especially with regards to that, are like probably even negligible. Uh, but yeah, maybe some very minor, minor effects. I don't know if, if you are aware of any good studies there, no, are, but not, I think well, that, that's what definitely not any good studies, because ideally you just want a study where one group takes caffeine for like 12 weeks and then you just see what happens to their body composition. Uh, I'm sure they're out there, um, but I, I, I haven't seen uh, any. Um, I have seen quite a bit of studies where, uh, like you say, energy expenditure is increased. Uh, and then it's like with 150 calories, well, that's not gonna make or break your diet, right? So like you say, you need to pay attention to your real diet and to exercise. And then, I mean, sure, it's relatively easy to get another 115 calories uh, off, so to speak, uh, but it's not going to be responsible for whether or not you're losing weight then there's also some suggestion that caffeine can suppress appetite uh, i've experienced that myself uh, if i do take caffeine uh, supplements i i do notice that i'm just not hungry at all um, so i might even expect more from that than an effect of energy expenditure but again i haven't seen any studies uh, that it's you know, actually making a difference in the long term. Uh, and I, I just doubt it would like if if it makes a difference, it's not going to be a gigantic difference because otherwise, like I know plenty of people who drink 10 cups of coffee a day and they're still not shredded, you know, <laughs> I think the problem there also is Jordan, that a lot of people um, that don't really uh, go into like really read into this, this stuff. They read somewhere, they hear from someone, oh yeah, if you, have, you need to drink coffee because that will help you while you're losing, losing fat. They don't think more than that. They're just going to start me drinking 10 cups of coffee a day without tracking their calories at all. Okay. So they think like they get these, like, and this happens a lot. And I, I, I talk to guys in the gym and they, they think these kind of things are, are true. 
Oh no, it doesn't matter because you just uh, are you tracking calories? No, it doesn't really matter because I mean drinking coffee or oh, they have these kind of supplements where caffeine is in, and they also have like some other supplements that that could apparently cause uh, fat loss. At least that's what they say. Um, but yeah, that that's that's the wrong mindset. I mean, it it is really due to the calorie intake and the calorie output, and it's not about these these minor effects if they are there in the first place. That's that's of course also the question. Well, so to be fair, like if a, if a bodybuilder is competing for a contest and they track all their food, etc., and then they say like, uh, could like a caffeine supplement be useful like the last month of my contest prep? I would say, sure, go for it. But that's really after, like, it's, it's like a distraction almost until you've perfected everything else. Uh, so for like a competitive bodybuilder who's like, here's my, my, my meal plan. Here's my timer for my next meal. I'm like, sure. Uh, and 150 calories at that level could be quite a big difference. Uh, but for 99% of people, it's like a distraction and probably it's not going to do much. No, man, you're right. But then you have like a, a bodybuilder that has everything in place already. Like the important stuff is, is, is already perfect in a way. So he knows how much he expends. Of course, he never 100% know, but he knows roughly what he expends. He knows exactly what he takes in because he's weighing everything. So all the important stuff is in place. And then indeed you could think about small minor details that could maybe have like a small effect. And of course, then it's important to keep in mind that these, if, if it's not really known, if it has an effect that it could be an effect, that it definitely does not have a detrimental effect on, on, on stuff. And I think with caffeine, that it would be an example that could maybe have a benefit to some people there. Uh, and it doesn't seem to have any negative effects. So then, yes, I would agree. Then you could say, just try it out and see uh, see how if it works for you. So Kels, you, uh, you mentioned earlier uh, potential detrimental effects on on sleep and sleep quality like i i mentioned earlier like i i fell asleep an hour after my thing that doesn't mean you that also mentioned that you're you're a bit strange so. that's that's true but uh uh that doesn't mean that it didn't negatively affect my sleep quality right so i'm not saying like oh uh, there, there is no effect of caffeine like maybe my sleep quality was 10 percent lower uh, when i took that supplement um, but related to that um you said like, yeah, you can definitely give caffeine a try as like a, a pre-workout supplement uh, might enhance performance. Uh, is there like a time of the day you would say like, that's the latest I would take caffeine. And after that, it's probably not worth the detrimental effects of uh, coffee. Or would you say just do what feels right? Or, uh, or maybe you have no clue. I don't, I don't know. Well, yeah, well, I mean, I think they generally recommend, and this is just a general recommendation, and again, everything could be individually slightly different, but I think it's take it about 60 minutes before exercise. Yeah, that's uh, for an optimal ergogenic effect. Yeah. But uh, that's, to be fair, that even yeah. that is like more complicated because it depends on how you take it. Like, do you have a and, caffeine and what, gum? what form as well, right? Yeah. If you take yeah. it as coffee or pills or yeah. any other... Any but drink. also, like, 60 minutes after ingestion, like, the peak performance-enhancing effects are expected. So if you do, like, a three-hour event, maybe you want to take it two hours into the event so that you have, like, peak performance, yeah. like, the last 10 minutes where you have to... Uh, absolutely. But yeah, you're... Depends yeah. on a lot of factors on individuals and how you take it. You also have these aerosols these these chewing gums these days so 
but let's assume, okay, someone takes pill or a cup of coffee. Um, then I would say, well, about 60 minutes before, approximately. Don't time exactly 60 minutes and then you study excess because that's first. That doesn't make make any sense. But approximately, and yeah, I would I would start never start by taking it. Let's say later than 6 p.m. Maybe because I think the half life what is it three to six hours or something like that. So if you if you want to try, I would definitely not not take it too late because then it definitely looking at the signs could interfere with your sleep whether that's duration or that's quality but it's all important of course so i would not not take it too late so if you are exercising at 8 p.m then i would probably not take caffeine at 7 p.m because then i think the risk that it would interfere with sleep is actually yeah too it, it's it's there yeah. and i personally that that's that's personally i would not want that but if I know I'm gonna I'm gonna exercise at at, at six p.m. Um, yeah, maybe not at five p.m. I could consider taking it. But it also again then depends how long how what what time are you going to bed? Is that at, at ten p.m.? Is that at, at midnight? Um, so it, it's very I think individually dependent. But I think that the bottom line would be that don't take it too late and too close succession to uh, to when you go to sleep. Yeah, I think that kind of like like if I translate what you're saying into practice it's kind of like if you have a trading session after dinner it's probably too late if you're trading in the morning or in the afternoon then you can probably do it without much uh without much issues so yeah, yeah. Or, you, or you still take it before dinner and, and then the training session maybe later to still have some benefits later on even though you, you're not tracking that one hour but let's say you take it three hours before exercise there's potentially still some benefits there yeah. Uh, so, but I would just generally say don't take it too late. Yeah. But it's also uh, another factor to take to account is like the the risk reward calculation, so to speak. Like, does a two percent better training session always matter? I mean, it's just a training session, and uh, are you risking a few percents worse sleep? Maybe that's more important than going a little bit harder at a training and not every training session is all out anyway. So that's something to take into account. And um, we have an infographic uh, of a study where uh, subjects ingested caffeine either directly three hours or six hours before going to bed. Uh, I don't know how much was from the top of my head, but not it wasn't a crazy amount like it was more than a cup of coffee but it's not like an absurd amount uh, but surprisingly in that study taking caffeine well taking caffeine directly before bed obviously was worse was yeah lowered sleep uh, duration but taking it three and six hours before was just as bad so even six hours before uh, seemed to be just as bad as taking it directly before bed now, unfortunately, that wasn't really what the researchers expected. So they didn't have another three hours earlier. But based on that, you, my guess would be try to avoid it for at least six hours before your expected sleep time. Uh, don't get me wrong. It's not like, like your sleep will be horrible and that your, the loss of sleep negate your entire training session if you're going for if you have like a periodized training program and you have to do your one rm your record of your one month training cycle that's probably more important than your sleep that night 
but in general, I would try to avoid it for at least six hours uh, before bed. Um, what else do we have to discuss? What do you think of Starbucks, uh, Gus? Ergogenic well, eighth uh, what or? What I think uh, about Starbucks is that if I, that generally means I'm somewhere on holiday. So I've actually got quite a good association with that. Uh, because generally I'm walking through some kind of city center, uh, wherever, and there's always a Starbucks, of course. Um, I haven't been at Starbucks for a long time, actually. Um, I think I've been there sometimes to get like, yeah, I, I was actually generally a more fan of a, of a chocolate milk, dark chocolate. Uh, which I just like from 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 the taste perspective has some good proteins in there, etc. The uh, the cacao uh, stimulates blood flow uh, to the muscles is also very yeah. important. And actually, even there is a, a little bit of caffeine as well in in, in chocolate. Yeah. So uh, there's yeah. even maybe there's some small benefit, but that's that's much lower than norm, a normal. We normal. can rationalize every food why it's awesome. Exactly, and that's what we're doing. Everything what we like, we we will say why it's good, right? That's exactly. the good thing of knowing a little bit about nutrition. Um, so yeah, what do you think of yeah, Starbucks? So do you, do you think that, uh, that, that Starbucks, like, like we've been pretty positive about coffee and caffeine. Does, uh, does Starbucks fall in that category or? By, by having good coffee, you mean? No, yeah. Do you, do you think that Starbucks is healthy? Would you recommend Starbucks regularly for the average person? Well, yeah, you mean, for coffee or general? Because uh, they also sell a lot of cookies. Yeah, no, for, for coffee. Uh, well, as far as I, I know, um, but I never really dived into this. I think it just gives you, I mean, the only thing I know is that people, some people say like, oh, it's different type of coffee. It tastes differently than other types of more, maybe more Italian types of coffee. Which by the way, is something that is also something that I want to talk about. I briefly. think I know where you're going, but go on. About the coffee machine? No. Okay, well, no. The, the thing is actually, oh, sorry to interrupt this, this this question and the answer, but we can choose two types of coffee on the coffee machine that we I have know. now. Well, have two brands, you mean, or not? And a blend star, but I never really yeah. know which one to take because yeah. they give you kind of the same coffee. I'm, I'm so annoyed by it because it's just like another four seconds of my time. Where I'm like, exactly, oh. you have to make a decision. And, and what, what, what is the difference? I don't know. <laughs> It's the same kind of with Starbucks. I mean, I'm not such a, uh, a habitual coffee drinker to know like really the differences. I just take coffee for the purpose if I think, okay, this is going to help me today to be a bit more um, uh, focused or for my work. Or if I would say I go to the gym and I feel a little bit tired, uh, just to have that, that, that kind of boosting effect. That's when I take it. And then whether that would be from Starbucks, or from any other type of coffee yeah. coffee store, I I'm not too much of an expert to get those those differences. Because yeah. do you have a specific idea with that or? Well, so there's a there's a few things with Starbucks. Like you can just order Starbucks black coffee, but then people look at you weird. Like why are you at Starbucks for a normal black coffee? So when people go to Starbucks, on average, people uh, end up with something that's closer to a milkshake than coffee. So like when we say one to two cups of coffee uh, might be, uh, you know, relatively healthy, I wouldn't count the Starbucks towards uh, that. Um, if, you, if you would take one of the fancy ones, you mean? Like yeah, exactly. Uh, 
Also, we also have an infographic. So this is all on Instagram for everyone who's not uh, following us uh, yet. We have an, uh, an infographic of a study where they um, measured the caffeine content of a Starbucks coffee for like 30 days in a row. Uh, and then you see it going up and down. And e so even in the same shop, the same brand of coffee, uh, it's just all over the place. So it's very, even if you think, oh yeah, so coffee, I have to really uh, personalize it. It's very difficult because the same cup of coffee in your favorite shop might be uh, two times as high one day uh, than the other day. Uh, and then the final thing I wanted to say, I thought this is what you were gonna bring up uh, about Italy. So I am 116th Italian. So I feel very connected to this story. Um, because I'm also very classy. So this definitely applies to me. Uh, apparently, Italy is like the one country on earth where Starbucks isn't at all. Because all the Italians are like, no, we need our own Nespresso's. Like they're all, they're like, no, all these weird ass milkshakes, that's nonsense. Uh, so it's kind of, you know, just a fun fact that culture plays such a big role in uh, whether or not people accept something like a, a Starbucks. Absolutely. What I was thinking now, Jordan, I mean, you, you now raised that, that example of Starbucks is having like when they measured for 30 days, the amount of, of caffeine in it. Is that Starbucks specific or is it for every, every kind of company? Because it could be anywhere then, right? I, I, that would be my assumption. But just in the, in the method section, they said we went to a Starbucks in this uh, city and we went there for 30 days in a row. and. When I say all these details, it could have been a Dunkin' Donuts and it might have been 28th. Uh, it's not like I've just looked it up before, but it was like a major shop and they went a certain amount of days in a row. Yeah, Yeah, because that's a, I saw a paper. It's also a while ago, but they uh, they had like um, they had like a coffee machine. Wait, why? Why? Why do you read papers when you have nutrition tactics? Well, well, why not? <laughs> not plenty of time, right? <laughs> Go on. No, they had like uh, they had like uh, two 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 coffee machines, exactly the same type, but one was way older than the I think a couple of years older, and one completely new coffee machine as well, but from a different brand and type. And I think then they looked at the caffeine concentration. Then it really did not matter that much. So I think the interesting thing there is that um, based on that study, at least. Uh, um, if your coffee machine is aging, it does not necessarily seem to have a major impact on the amount of caffeine that's in, in, the, in the cup of coffee. Um, so it is interesting that if you look at that at the Starbucks, then assuming they have the same kind of machine, etc., um, there is something then going on. Maybe I don't know if it's in the beans or if it's in the way who is processing them, who is making the coffee or whatever. But that is changing or fluctuating the, the amount of caffeine that apparently appears eventually into the coffee somehow we should do a study like this and just get like a post-workout protein shake in a bunch of gyms and just see if they give us the exact same amount of protein every time exactly so i don't have a whole lot of other things about coffee on my mind do you have any topics left I think there are a lot of interesting supplements that we could discuss, but maybe not, not for today. Yeah, but, no, I um, agree. No, I think it's uh, just in summary, it's, it's, it's definitely can, can help you with, um, with, your, with your training, with being more focused, having some attention, 
in your work or training sessions. So I think caffeine overall for most individuals can be a beneficial uh, um, supplement. And you also see it often in like the pre-workouts where I personally still think that's actually the major, maybe the, the, the one supplement that actually gives you the effects. Um, so yeah, I think caffeine can, can definitely be helpful for, for a lot of athletes. Like if you just take regular caffeine, it's also dirty cheap. Uh, but then they yeah. add like 16 other plant extracts so they can say like, look at this special formula. Uh, and then the price is uh, 72 times higher than if you just take caffeine. Uh, okay, then um, just to wrap up, let's see if we have anything else fun to discuss. Have you uh, read any cool papers in the last week or so just on anything? Uh, yes. Um, so I'm... Why are you reading papers when you can also read nutrition tactics? Oh, I should have said no. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Well, yeah, a lot of it is actually not really directly related to, to any of this. So it's more about uh, the effects of eating on, uh, on muscle recovery. Okay, so can you, can you give a the quick summary? Massage on muscle recovery, uh, these kind of things. Can you uh, give a quick summary? Well, quick summaries, there are different types of heating that uh, that you can apply after exercise. And there's a lot of uh, debate now on whether that's beneficial, yes or no. And then you can, of course, think about muscle recovery, but also looking at more the anabolic processes. Um, and now for me, it's really something what I'm interested in is to see, okay, what if we locally heat the muscle to like basically as, as much as we can. So uh, what I mean, not from the outside, but more from the inside. So to make sure that the, the muscle temperature is really increased. If that could have any, any positive effect on, uh, for example, the anabolic processes within the muscle. Um, so, so could it have positively influenced muscle growth? Because yeah, you know, you already did the study with the hot water immersion. Uh, there we increased muscle temperature with about 2.3 degrees Celsius if I from the top of my head. So it's, it's, it's quite an increase, uh, but that wasn't enough to have any impact on, on increasing muscle protein synthesis. So which is one of the uh, important anabolic processes within the muscle. So to me, still the question is if we can increase it higher, does it then have an impact or is it still, if you do exercise, and I mean, with most things, this is the case. If you do exercise, you take your, your nutrition in. That's basically what you have to do to grow your muscles and maybe some small effects from other kind of recovery strategies. Most of them, I, I don't really see any benefits. And of course, if you really want to get big and you are uh, you don't mind the, the potential side effects and stuff, then you should add another uh, uh, kind of banned substance into that place, which is also very anabolic. But that's something different, uh, not to discuss. I think today, <laughs> talking about the steroids. So uh, you really have the, the big bodybuilders, and you look at the differences between those and like the normal ones. Yeah, there's of course that's also anabolic. So, so speaking about uh, bodybuilders, are you still looking for uh, bodybuilders on steroids for your study, or have you recruited them? Yeah, so them? so for those listening now and watching this, we indeed are doing a study uh, looking at three groups. So a control group, a uh, group with natural bodybuilders, and a group with uh, bodybuilders that are using anabolic steroids. Uh, looking into basically entire body composition, doing a lot of measurements such as MRI scanning, uh, DEXA scan, CT scan, ultrasound, etc. And uh, the study is going well, so I have a lot, lot of people that are interested. So that's that's good. Uh, that's good. I do need a few more people in each group um, before we have every everybody booked and planned. And about half of the study is now finished. 
in terms of data collection at least. Okay, so, so if for, there's uh, people that are interested and they would fit the inclusion criteria because you have to be competitive. Um, if you use steroids, you have to use it for a prolonged period of time. So not that you started like last week because then of course we don't know the effects. Um, and if you are natural now, you should have been natural for the rest already for from when you started weightlifting. Uh, because otherwise there could still be maybe an effect of using steroids in the past. So that's important to, to, to realize. Yeah, so we, for people who don't know, uh, our research lab is in the Netherlands. So if you're anywhere close to that, uh, I'll, uh, I'll drop Gasse's email uh, on uh, the description box in YouTube. So you can uh, get in contact if, uh, if that study sounds cool. And trust me, <laughs> It is pretty cool because he's using all kinds of measurement equipment that you'll never ever see, let alone be able to use uh, to track your, uh, well, not just body composition, but just the volume of each individual muscle. So have a look at that. Uh, let's see, did you uh, did you see the paper from uh, Oliver Withert about uh, leucine by any chance? Yeah, actually it's, it's, it's literally right now open on my on my on my laptop about the leucine threshold yeah yeah, yeah. i saw it at frontiers right yeah. yeah so i have it open now i haven't fully read it yet i, I looked at the abstract but it's something i'm uh, i'm planning to read uh, oh, I, I just did the thing that uh so when i when there's a new paper that sounds interesting the first thing i do is control f my name and if I'm then not in there, I'm offended and I'm not reading it. But luckily, I'm in there. You're also in there, uh, by the way. So uh, must be an awesome it? paper. <laughs> Have you read it, or is it just? No, I just quickly looked at. Uh, I just quickly looked at the conclusion, and it it was what I was kind of expecting. So then uh, the the details didn't necessarily uh, matter that much. But so basically, uh, for those who are not familiar, protein provides the building blocks for uh, for muscle growth. I mean, you can take all the steroids. Uh, that we were just talking about, uh, but that alone won't make you big because you can't build muscle out of thin air. So you need the building blocks and that, that, that comes from protein. But then protein itself consists out of amino acids and one of the amino acids, leucine, that one seems to be the most potent to trigger all the anabolic processes in muscle. And this paper looked at uh, all the studies that have been done on the topic and just uh, looked if if you have a protein source, does the amount of leucine in the in those protein sources kind of predict how anabolic those proteins are? Uh, and it seemed that uh, it seemed to be the case. Let's let's leave it at that for now. All right. Maybe maybe, maybe Jorn, and quickly, have you read any interesting article recently, or no. was it maybe only uh, nutrition tactics? Basically, yeah. I just keep <laughs> keep reading my old my old blog post. No, no, I'm uh, busy with a lot of um, my reading has been all the, how do you call it? The, uh, the intern thesis is uh, grading now. Same here. I just actually, before this meeting, uh, gave feedback to one thesis. So I have to do three more today. Okay, because they... on a Sunday, so that's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they have to wrap up soon though, because they kind of need to hand it in by the 15th. So... Uh... All right, well then I, uh, I won't keep you here any longer. Uh, let's see. Uh, what are we gonna discuss next time? Any other kind of supplement? Or we could go for like any non-nutritional strategy that people can apply. Uh, let's have a, have a think about it. We, I think a lot of interesting stuff that we can uh, come up with.
Cool. And maybe people have suggestions. It's also fun. All right. Thanks, Kaz. And uh, I'll see you at coffee. Uh, maybe we should do a, just a blind tasting of those two brands and then we can figure it out. See if there's a difference. All right. See you, man. Julio, I have a good, uh, good day, buddy. Bye.